Welcome back to the Daily Bailey podcast, bringing you your daily dose of Dutch today. Today, we have a very special guest from the Netherlands, Thomas Biss, also known by his surname, Fish. Fish is a professional field hockey player from Amsterdam and has competed on three divisions of Dutch national teams. He has eight years of extensive coaching experience, coaching at the highest level of youth play, and most notably coached the first ladies team, the highest level of hockey in the world. At university, he studied sports marketing and economics and uses his degree in his involvement with Sportsway hockey training programs. So Fish and I actually met through Sportsway's field hockey training program. Fish, I would love to hear about your experience as a player in the Netherlands because you all start so young. So for listeners who don't know, field hockey in the Netherlands is equivalent to like the soccer in the States. So everyone really plays. So I'd love to hear about your experience. Yeah, so I think, uh, well, first of all, thanks for welcoming me. Uh, yeah, we started very early here. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but we we normally start at the age of five, I think, maybe six. Um, I even start younger. I start at four, joining my mom uh, just next to the field and uh, and join her for for her matches. And then we start, I think, we start tr- uh, yeah, having like practices at the age of five. Um yeah, so we start very early, and it's yeah, it's super big. Here. We have a lot, of, we have a lot of juniors, uh, and so did I. I started at the, at the age of five, all the way through now. Now I'm 26 and uh, still enjoying it. And yeah, I've got a lot of friends that also started, for example, at the age of five, and I'm seeing them now, uh, still seeing them. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. That's amazing. So I know the the sports world is different in Europe. So can you briefly explain kind of how sports and education goes hand in hand in the Netherlands? Because you, you play sports outside of university and leagues, correct? Yeah. So for us, the, the sports and the, and the universities are not combined. So I know for you guys, you play, you play hockey in your universities uh, and in your high schools. Uh, we don't. We actually have clubs uh, and the clubs are pretty big here. So uh, we do uh, we do go to school, of course, but the the sports is different. Um, yeah, and the competition is also built up different. So we obviously play our competition matches uh, within a region. So it's a bit smaller here. The distances are way smaller than I think you guys are used to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just a big difference. We also have different social networks. So, for example, I have my. Um, network that I built up with my education with the study that I did but I also have my hockey network uh, and those are yeah those are different and I think for you guys it's um, those are basically the same because you're doing your the sport you love with also the people that you're in, uh, in college with and for us uh, yeah that's, that's a big difference I think but yeah I don't know better. Mm-hmm. How does that work for you socially having those two different groups do your worlds ever collide like your different friend groups? Uh, barely to be honest mm-hmm. barely yeah so my friend groups they do uh they do collide but uh, yeah it's uh no it's not a common thing it's not a common thing i have to say that my bigger social network group is basically the the hockey group because i've spent more time there right. uh but no they yeah it's yeah i won't say two different rules but yeah they often collide or they don't sorry and you have extensive, extensive experience in the hockey world. Can you walk us through your strict training regimen as a professional athlete, as a professional field hockey player? Yeah. So I started, um, yeah, also our age groups are different. So we, um, so basically 
yeah, we started at the age of six, uh, so did I. And then to the age of 12, you, oh, well, let's say to the age of 10, you're just a junior. And then you work yourself up until the age of, let's say, 17, 18. And there you go into seniors. Uh, I did that too. I started at a, at a very small club where my parents, uh, at the club where my parents live. Um, yeah, I was there. Uh, I started there because it was close to my house, uh, obviously. And then I decided to, to take the hockey to a different level. And then I joined a different club, which is called Stichsen. It's impossible for you guys to announce, but it's a beautiful <laughs> club. Um, I started playing there when I was, I think, 14. And then I, I played there for 10 years. So till I was becoming 24. Uh, yeah, and I started there as a, as a junior playing at the highest level uh, in the youth. So with our under-16s, we played the highest level. Uh, with our under-18s, we also played the highest level. And when I was in my under-18s, I started joining the senior team already. So I made my debut in the senior team at the age of 16 or 17. I'm not sure yet. Uh, so basically my last two years as a junior, I, I did both. I did and the senior program and the junior program. So that was a wow. pretty tough period. Um, yeah, I played there. We played the highest level there. We got relegated twice. I, I have to admit, uh, <laughs> but we got back up again. Um, after that, I've, yeah, I really felt that, uh, it was good to take one more step in the hockey. So I joined HGC. And that's a top four uh, club in the Hofklasse, so in the highest level. Wow. Um, I played there uh, for a year, actually the year that COVID came. Um, and then I actually or basically decided to take a step back. And now I play for Lare, which is a, it's a big club. I don't know if you know it, but it's a, it's a big club. Uh, and we're building on something. And we're playing the second highest le- uh, level here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my goal and our goal is uh, to get back in the Hofklasse. And either that's with Lara or some or somewhere else, but yeah, it's still a goal. Um, yeah. And yeah. why did you decide to take a step back? Uh, because I felt that um, so hockey has has always had my focus since the age of uh, since the age of I think when I was sixteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always had my focus or had my focus, and I just felt I was losing myself a little in only the hockey. So I. Um, I decided to, t- to, uh, to take a step back to um, yeah, develop myself a little bit more on uh, other parts of my life. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was my Have decision. More of a social, social balance between like social, academics, you know, hockey, everything, not just focusing on hockey. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, the focus is still on there, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a different level. So um, I can have a different focus if it makes sense. So if you're playing top four uh, in the Hofklasse in the Premier League, then yeah, your life is only hockey, hockey, hockey. And now I'm still uh, having the same amount of practices. I'm still having the uh, same amount of load on my body, but it's yeah, the focus is different now. Um, yeah, so I took a little step back, but the goal is still to still to get back uh, at the highest level. Yeah. And when you mentioned that load on your body, what's the culture of rest like in the Netherlands? Um, yeah, it, yeah, it depends on what you do next <laughs> to the hockey because it's not. So here it's, it's a big sport, but it's not something you can live. Uh, you have to do something else than just hockey. Um, and it depends on what you do next to it. Um, we normally train four times a week. Um, so you have to take your rest and we always play our matches on Sunday. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I always take my rest. I think it's super important. Uh, I think rest is even more important than all the workouts that you do because you cannot work out seven seven days a week. I think that's stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. They recommend us to. Uh, so if you, for example, we train on uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and they always say, okay, on Monday or Wednesday, you're not allowed to do anything, just a little bit of running. So they, they try to guide you, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, up to anyone's uh, needs, I would say. And so how how do you work as a professional athlete to balance the pressure of being in the constant spotlight of having to perform at your best constantly? Do you deal with performance anxiety at all? Yeah, I think everyone does. I think everyone does. I think, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think everyone does. I think if, you, if you're playing at a certain level and uh, I don't know how it is with you, for example, but uh, yeah, I think uh, you have a lot of pressure on your shoulders and uh, I think you want to be the best version of yourself the whole time. And that's a, that's a, that's a thought that brings a lot of pressure. And yeah. Still, uh, also when I decided to take a step back, I think it even gave more pressure because I just, uh, I just want to be a better version every every day. And yeah, I think everyone has that who is playing a, a top sport here. Um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Also in in matches and practices, you just want to be better and you just want to uh, improve yourself. And that's um, yeah, that's that's tough sometimes. Yeah. Where does that pressure come from for you? Like, is it your family? Is it you? Is it your coaches, your teammates? Where does it come from? Um, I think it's mainly, if I talk about myself, I think it's mainly myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a guy that uh, that will take anything for granted. And I'm just not, I'm just never satisfied about or with what I have. I, I just always want more, even though sometimes it's, uh, costing my own energy or uh, I sometimes I just feel that I'm doing too much and yeah when you get older you recognize the situation but when you're 22 23 you have literally no clue what's happening <laughs> uh, and now I can I think I find my balance a little bit more which is good yeah that's what I'm trying to work on too because I feel like I spread myself too thin I'm like I have to go to this workout and get this done and do this and this so I totally relate to that as you know we all need a break sometimes yeah, and like when you when you're younger, I think it's something you won't recognize because you think you have endless energy and you think, okay, I can do this, I can do that, I have to go there. Uh, but that's draining. Uh, that's draining, and that's in a way killing yourself. And yeah, when you get older, about well, where I'm now, I feel like okay, if I have a rest moment, uh, yeah, try to enjoy them too because they are good. Yeah. So with this experience as a player, how do you use your role as a coach to, to help your high level athletes balance their mental and physical health? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just, I just love to share experiences and I've been through what they have been through and yeah, it's, it's very cool to guide them. And yeah, when you're getting older, it's, you know, what's going to come and you know, what, what's in uh, what's in there for them and I know what they are going to go through with their studies uh, so yeah I really like it to share experiences but I also want to make them aware of what's coming if that makes sense mm-hmm. so you, you uh, really like to connect personally with your your players yeah always mm-hmm. do you feel like that 
that really translate on, translates on and off the field. If you connect with them outside, you know, they'll, they'll perform better on the field. Yeah. For me, for me, you have to connect on both. Uh, yeah. Both parts also on and off the field. I don't know how you see that, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I totally agree. So you have experienced coaching both girls and boys. How does your coaching style change? It changes a lot, to be honest. It changes a lot. Uh, I started with boys. I started uh, started to do the, uh, the under-16s and then I did the under-18s. Uh, so I, I grew with them, basically. I did them for three years and then I'm doing the under-18 girls now for two years. Uh, it's different. It's different. Um, a lot of people ask me, so what's the difference? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think with girls, you're more managing. Uh, you're, you're more managing feelings and you're more managing... And making sure that they feel okay and that they uh, and that they feel seen, uh, and you're more more working on trust relation uh, trust related uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. If yeah, and with boys, it's they're a bit simpler. They are they are easier. Uh, they are not as far mentally as girls are at that age, um, and they just want to play. So the difference always for me is if you start with an under eighteen boys and you give them a ball, they will play, and the under eighteen girls they will start talking. Really. So yeah, how, do you, as a coach, I, yeah. how do you manage that as a coach? I, I'm still figuring that out, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found the uh, yeah the right answer or the key yet. But no, yeah, I think in a way your approach is the same. It always is the same. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's different. Oh, it's different. They both have challenges. And yeah, I'm still facing the, the, the girl challenges. And so with those challenges, I mean, a big part of my podcast is discussing mental health. And I know that um, the Netherlands is one of the few countries to have psychological treatment covered by health insurance. Could you talk a little bit about the stigma of mental health in your country? Is it is it pretty openly talked about? Uh, it is openly talked about, but it's it's not very freely used, if that may say. So uh, if that makes sense. So the mm-hmm. uh, the the step for people to go to psychologist for example is a big big step and okay. and we don't open um yeah we don't open up as much as um so for example if i would go to the psychologist which i did for example uh, i'm not going to open up to or i'm not going to speak about it to someone else I've, i know our system is is built on uh, the psychologist and we have a lot of help a lot of help here i don't know how that is in, a, in the states but yeah it's not something we talk about to be honest and what about therapy? Is is that open to conversation? Not psychotherapy, but just therapy in general? Yeah, it is. It is. I think it's more open to conversation than the psychology, uh, psychology itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it's also very sports related because you talked about uh, game anxiety, if I'm right. Something yeah. with anxiety. Yeah. I think that's a really big thing. And I think um, all, I also went to a psychologist for anxiety um sports uh, psychologist and i think a lot of people are doing this um yeah if i look at myself the therapy that i did there it really helped me and i think it's always good to to talk with someone that knows a little bit more uh, Mm -hmm. about the subject but also that doesn't know you that's really what uh, what helped me a lot to be honest 
And I remember when we were training, we talked about like rituals, like getting ready for the game. And I think I think it was you or Tom, who was our other coach, who said that he puts one sock on first, or maybe it was you, you put one sock and one shoe on in a certain order. Did you ever talk in therapy of, is there a way that that sports ritual can cross a line to be compulsive and obsessive? I don't know. I don't know. I, I've never spoke. Uh, uh, I never spoke to someone about my my game rituals. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah, I have a lot. I have a lot, um, which I um, do unconscious. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I just do them, and I know I have to do them. Uh, I don't particularly have to do them in in a certain order, but I just have to do it that way. If it makes sense. What are some of the rituals? Do you feel comfortable sharing? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm also curious about what what others have for for kind of rituals. For example, you. But yeah, uh, yeah, my sin guards are a big thing. Yeah. Uh, my socks left first, then right first. Uh, I always sit at the same spot. Um, I'm always taping my wrists mm-hmm. first, left, then right. Uh, I always take um, uh, yeah. Uh, how do you like wiggle at the paracetamol? Uh, for the for the headache, how do you call it? Oh, like, like a that. Tylenol or Advil or yeah. Yeah, something like I always take one before the match, okay. uh, even though some sometimes it's not even needed. <laughs> uh, yeah, first socks. Yeah. Just for that extra boost of confidence. I don't know what it is, but it's just it's just a ritual. Um, yeah. Always stretching at the same same spot, always at the same spot in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Same thing before we start the game. I do something on the field with my stick. I always do it. So, yeah. I I, so I used to in high school play. I would wear the same headband every game, and I would wear the same headband, and I had to wear that headband, and that was my ritual. That was my big thing. And like water bottle. Like I would just make sure like I hydrate after everything. But I don't know if that's more of a ritual than more of more of just trying to stay healthy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I remember the headband. It's the black one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, it's famous. Easy, even you know it. I brought it to the Netherlands when I trained there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the one of the phrases that I learned when I was over there was, "Am I pronouncing this correctly?" Vermutendor. Yeah, and that means keep going, move forward, keep keep on going. So how do you use that mantra in your daily life? A lot, a lot, uh, a lot. It's it's quite funny because I I knew the sentence of course, but uh, actually Bert was walk. Uh, I think you remember Bert, right? Yes, of course. Also, coach, and and he was um, he was working with it, and I think that uh, yeah, that says a lot about our I think our culture because uh, of course you will have some bad days or you will have some moments where you or matches that you lose or tr- or practices that are not going well. Uh, now nah, you just have to continue. There's not there's nothing you can change about it. There's nothing you can do you can do about the past. And for me, that's a big thing. Uh, I'm very bad at, uh, at losing. Uh, for example, so right after the match, I'll, 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 I'll be quiet. I'll, I'll just be sitting somewhere or I'll be shouting. But in 15 minutes, I'll be okay because there's nothing you can change about the match, uh, for example. But it's even bigger also in your uh, yeah, in your working life. I think it's a big one for, for me especially. But yeah, I think it's a good motto to have in life. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, you know, wanting to be your best self every single day. How do you prepare yourself to be your best self? Um, yeah, I think sleep is very important. Uh, I always uh, I always try to sleep eight, eight hours, minimum eight hours. 
Uh, so, for example, I will always go to bed uh, at 10, 10.30. I'll wake up at 8 or 7.30, for example. Uh, then you have eight hours. Um, yeah, I think your diet is very, very important too. I don't know how big it is there with uh, people that help you, but uh, you just have to find a balance for yourself. And yeah, I think if you want to perform on a level, on a certain level, then you have to get those two in balance. So your your food, your the amount of water that you drink, but also the sleep. Um, yeah, that's something you are busy with every every moment of the day. Um, yeah, I think every every top sporter has that. Yeah, I know. I agree. I'm a sleep person too. I definitely prioritize and need my sleep. And we had um, 6 a.m. like running the other day, speed training we call it. And I went to bed at eight o'clock that night. I was like, I woke up so early. I'm done. I, I need my rest. So I totally agree with you. You definitely have to prioritize your sleep, diet, water, everything. So, all right, so we're going to shift gears a little bit, and I know we're both competitors. I don't like to lose either. So we're going <laughs> to play a quick, quick two fun games to close this out. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, it's game time. So the first game is inspired by the classic song, A Few of My Favorite Things from The Sound of Music. And so sometimes when I'm having a terrible day, I like to think of my favorite things. And I'm going to ask you six or eight questions, and you're going to have to tell us your favorite things. Perfect. Okay. So what is your favorite song to listen to on a bad day? Um, I think uh, it's called Juliet and Romeo, Martin Schulz. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's one I love. That's the one I always listen to. Is that a Dutch song? No, it's, well, it's, uh, I'm not sure if he's a Dutch artist, to be honest, but it's, uh, no, it's, it, it's an English song. Uh, song. Oh. I should know uh, this then. <laughs> yeah, you should probably know it. Um, no, it's a cool song. It's a, like a little bit up-tempo. Okay. Um, gets you in a good mood. It gets you in a good mood. Uh, but it's also the memories I have with the song. So, um, yeah, that's one I would choose. Okay. What is your favorite dessert? Tiramisu. Tiramisu. And I remember, can you tell the listeners about, it was um, bread, I think it was Nutella, and then sprinkles that you put on it? What, yeah. What's that called? It doesn't have a name. It's it's just a combination of ingredients that we put together. Yeah, we have a lot of crazy combination. I think you know, but uh, yeah, it's something. Well, not everyone likes it, but yeah, I just yeah. cannot understand why you wouldn't like it. To be honest, of course. I mean, chocolate on bread. How can you not like it? Yeah, and don't forget the sprinkles. It's it's lovely. <laughs> Right. You have the fun of the sprinkles. Exactly. So I know you've traveled a lot. What's your favorite vacation spot? South Africa. South Africa. Where specifically in South Africa? Uh, Cape Town, I would say. Cape Town. And you've coached there, right? With Sportways? Yeah, I've been there. Uh, I've been there five times. No, four times. Uh, I've been there four times now, four Sportways. Um, yeah, it's a very cool country. I don't know if you've been there, uh, but it's it's a yeah, difficult country because the poor and the wealthy people, they are just crossing each other every every moment of the day. So, uh, yeah, it's That's a awesome. beautiful country, beautiful nature, beautiful weather if you go there in December. <laughs> I, have a, I have a teammate from uh, Johannesburg, so we're, we're going to have to visit her soon. Wow. What is your favorite movie? Movie or series? You can do series. Movies or series. 
Okay, okay, lovely. Uh, I would say Prison Break and Suits. Oh, those are good. Those are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Netflix? Yeah. Yep, good. Okay, what's your favorite guilty pleasure? You mean song? No, gu- guilty pleasure. Your favorite, like, oh, what do you love to in- indulge in? Um, that's a difficult one. <laughs> um, so, for me, guilty pleasure is eating something unhealthy, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, and we have those, we have those, uh, yeah, it's called American cookies, actually. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, just cookies with a lot of chocolate uh, in it and under it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And they go in packages of nine and I can finish a package easily. Just run through the package, just... Run through the package, just watch a movie or a series at Netflix and I can e- yeah, easily finish it by myself. You watch Suits and you have your cookies and you're all set, right? All set. What is your favorite thing to do by yourself? Mm. I think workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's definitely workouts. I, I like to get, my, uh, to get my head fresh by just going for a small run or... Um, yeah, it's something I plan every day, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's a moment of relaxation by just, yeah, doing something, if it makes sense. Yeah. And along the same lines, what's your favorite form of exercise besides field hockey? Uh, yeah, I've, a favorite form of exercise, I think, is just gymming and exercising inside. Gymming? Uh, is that what you call, like, going to the gym there? Yeah, yeah, that's how we call it. Gymming. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that. Gymming. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, of course, we have a different name, sports school. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's basically the exercising I do next to running and playing hockey. What is your favorite way to relax? I think it's Netflix. Netflix, uh, yeah. Just zone yeah, out it, on your favorite show? It's, yeah, it, it's, I think it's very cliche. That, but, yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, definitely is my way of uh, relaxing. Awesome. All right. What, uh, so now we're gonna entering our last game. It's called the Seven Zens. And you're going to answer seven questions to find out how you remain zen. But, but how is this a game? Are you also playing? No, it's just, it just a trivia game for you. <laughs> ah, okay. So there's no winning or losing here. No winning. I know. I know. So oh. what do you feel, what do you do when you feel extremely overwhelmed and anxious? Uh, I, uh, um, I collapse. Like I, uh, I don't think collab- collapsing is the right word, but I, um, I'll become very quiet, if it makes sense. Uh, I'll, I'll just turn into myself and I will start thinking because I'm a thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I will, if I feel that I'm getting anxious or uh, when the pressure is high, I will just go to, or my parents that live a little bit further, um, I'll go there and just chill because I know the uh, surroundings there are just chill. They live in a, I, I live in Amsterdam myself and they live in a, like a small, small place where it's a little bit easier and more chill than here. But yeah, I'll be quiet. After a long work day, what's something you do to feel more zen? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it might surprise you, but I'm going for a run. Going for a run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for a 
just a jog or five or 10k and I would just run mm-hmm. to get my head fresh to sweat a little and then I'll take a shower and I'm back yeah that's me too I need if I'm feeling anxious I need to like work work it out I need to gym it out <laughs> yeah um, all right so what is something you watch or listen to that makes you feel zen <laughs> I'm not gonna say Netflix again uh, <laughs> can't say Netflix no 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 so uh, there's one band actually and it, uh, yeah it, I think it's an American band and I found it somewhere on my on my social media uh, I listen to the Zach Brown Brothers a lot oh I love that have you ever heard of Knee Deep yeah I, I've heard of the song I've heard of that well of the Zach Brown band sorry um, yeah yeah it's I think it's so country music like yeah. it's, it's so vibey and yeah if you put it on it's I can sing along with a lot of songs now um, yeah I will relax when I hear hear them or I'll get happy or even my, my mood will change when I hear them that's awesome yeah they're a great band I, that's that's a great thing having music to listen to really makes me zen too um, what smell makes you feel the most zen? smell Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that, that's a different. I think um, I, I, I like to go for a bath. To be honest, I I I, my, I don't have one here, but my parents have one. Um, uh, yeah, it's not. No, it's it's not. It's not a smell. I don't know. I don't know. I think. Um, that makes me feel zen. I think it's just smell when you're when you're home, if it makes sense. Yeah. Just coming home after a long day of work, or uh, I think that makes you zen. And well, that's something that makes me zen. Mm-hmm. When you're faced with adversity, what's the first thing you do? With sorry. With adversity. So when you know you're facing troubles, I know you said you kind of get quiet. You're a thinker, but what's the first kind of thing you do to step into action? I just figure out the plan immediately, like how, how to, how to beat it or how to, how to face it. Because I will start thinking, but I will also start making a plan for myself how to, how to deal with the situation and how to deal, for example, with the moment that the pressure is at its highest. I just want to know what to expect, and uh, yeah, I prepare myself if it makes sense. Right. So you're you're logical. You're thinking logically about the situation. Love that. Completely logical and yeah, just making a plan for everything that's coming do you prepare yourself in the morning to enter the day with a good mindset uh i do i do i actually uh yeah i start already did uh just before i go to bed i i pack everything for the day after <laughs> so i know i know when i will wake up i i plan everything already and i will all uh, every morning i read the newspaper first before i start doing something else uh, and I try to play those little mind games that are at the end of the newspaper, yeah. just to get the brain ready and yeah, active already before you before you start your uh, start your day. And last question of the seven zens: When do you feel most at peace with yourself? Uh, I think when I when I uh, when I put a smile on someone's face. Uh, that's for me the uh, yeah it's a little little deep answer but that's for me that's my goal in life to, basically to to share experiences and to if I see someone 
getting what I'm trying to tell them or I see a smile at their face when they make something that I'm trying to teach them uh, or trying to, yeah, I'm trying to teach them. That's, that's for me the biggest accomplishment that you can have in life. And yeah, the more, the better, I would say. Yeah. And I mean, I know you definitely did that for me when I was at Sportways, when we, when we, you were coaching me, I definitely learned so much from you and put a smile on my face and everyone else's. So kudos to you for, for doing that and making that your mission because it works. You're very effective. <laughs> Thanks, baby. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you have anything else you want to tell our listeners? Any last minute advice? Um, yeah, as a, yeah, uh, yeah, the only advice that I, where I live for, it's, uh, they don't have to do anything with it, but yeah, we move the door, just accept, uh, accept some, accept, uh, something when it goes wrong, uh, make a plan and for how you can beat it the next time. And yeah, there's nothing you can do about the past. You can only live with it and get stronger from it. So yeah, that's what I would say. Thank you so much. So where can my listeners find you on social media? Uh, yeah, I'm very, no, I'm not as active as I was, but I'm still on Instagram. Uh, it's just my full name, Thomas Fizz, and then Fizz with three S's. Uh, there's no lock in it. So yeah, the most, the most active I'll be on, uh, on Instagram. On Instagram. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And I hope you enjoyed your daily dose of Dutch today. Take care. <laughs>